Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast and thanks so much for tuning in. Celebration Church is one church in 10 locations across Southeast Louisiana. We are all about changing lives, homes, our city, and the world through Jesus Christ. We hope that you're both encouraged and challenged by today's message. Well, let me join Pastor Stephen and Pastor Alan and welcome you today to Celebration Online. We're so delighted that you've chosen to worship with us. If you have a Bible, a Bible app, I want to encourage you to turn in it to Exodus chapter 3. Remind you, as Pastor Stephen's already reminded you, that we have a study guide at webcc.info that will allow you to follow along with today's sermon. I want to ask you a question I asked last week. I want you to think about it again. And the question is, what would you be doing for God and for others If there were no barriers or limitations whatsoever. Now, oftentimes we think, what I would be doing for myself. I know some of you are thinking, well, I'd be getting richer and richer and richer. That's why you're investing so much in Bitcoin or the stock market or or you're studying so hard or working so hard. I mean, that's the desire of your life. And by the way, the Lord wants you to prosper in your life. Some of you are thinking, well, uh, since I'm single, what I'm going to be focused on is really finding the right person to date or marry. And let me tell you, that's a good thing to do as well. Because if you find the wrong person, life is going to be less than pleasant in your life. One man said to his friend, I noticed you wear your wedding ring on the wrong finger. He said, yep, it's because I married the wrong woman. Now, if you marry the wrong woman, the wrong man, uh, life is going to be miserable for you. So you ought to spend time figuring out the right person to date or to marry. But some of you are, some of you are, uh, you, you just have this philanthropic perspective in life and you want to honor God and help others. And so our question is, what would you be doing for God and others if there were no barriers or limitations whatsoever? I would really like for you to share with me the answers to that question that you have. You can share it in the comments section uh, here alongside of our service, or you can email us at celebrationchurch.org because I want to start praying with you, praying for you, that the Lord would enable you to pursue and accomplish the dreams that you have to honor God and to help others, and he would provide for you in supernatural ways. So be sure to let us know what's on your heart. Obviously, the Lord has great plans and purposes for our lives that are probably far greater than our own plans and purposes for our lives. The Lord said in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We thank God for that, but the truth of the matter is, many people aren't living out God's plans for their lives, and therefore they're missing out on so many of the opportunities in life and ministry opportunities in life that God wants them to experience in their lives. That was certainly the case for Moses, who uh, we learned about last week. Moses spent 40 years on the backside of the desert because of some bad decisions that he had made in his life. He was living in a nowhere place as a nobody, uh, that, but when he, that's when he met the Lord. And, and the Lord spoke to him, we learned last week, from a burning bush. We covered that story from Exodus chapter 3, but let's return to the scene. Well, the Lord is speaking to this man named Moses, who's been missing out on the great purposes and plans that God has for his life. The Lord said to Moses, I'm about to free my Israelite people uh, from their years of slavery and bondage. And he says to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 9 and following, the Lord said, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse him. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God. Have you ever done that? We've probably all done that. Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God answered, I will be with you. Don't worry about it, Moses. Don't worry about it, Dennis. Don't worry about it. I will be with you. I'll be with you. And then uh, Moses protested again. 
He said in verse 13, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what's his name? Then what should I tell them? And God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, he has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. I said earlier that Moses wasted a good portion of his life on the backside of the desert, way out in the wilderness where there was nothing and where no one knew him, all because of some bad decisions that he had made in his life. Have you ever made any bad decisions in your life? We've all done that at times in our lives. We sometimes waste uh, portions of our life because of our bad decisions or because of our foolish decisions, and sometimes because we just get stuck in dead-end circumstances or situations or in dead-end relationships in our lives. Let me ask you again, have you ever made any bad decisions that kept you out of God's way and God's will for your life? Sure you have. I have as well. Have you ever found yourself in any dead-end situations where you didn't know how to get out of that or move forward in your life? Again, we've all been there in our lives. If you say, oh, I've never been there, you've probably been in some dead-end relationships that weren't the best for you, that weren't the healthiest for you, that caused you to waste some parts of your life. Lots of people have messed up and made poor decisions and found themselves in in, in dead-end situations or dead-end relationships like Moses. But here's what I want us to learn today. Regardless of the bad decisions we have made and the situations we find ourselves in, God can help us to overcome them and move forward to find and fulfill the great purposes and plans that he has for our lives. But to overcome our bad decisions, to get unstuck from our situations, and to move forward, we must answer God's call. We're going to learn about that today from Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4. To begin with, let me just say this. To answer God's call, we need to start meeting with God. Meeting with God needs to become a regular practice of our lives. Let me take you back to our story. Again, we covered some of this last week. But Moses met God at the burning bush. God spoke to him from the burning bush and said, take off your sandals for you're standing on the holy ground. And we learned last week that Moses' life was transformed the day that he had that supernatural encounter with the Lord. Now, that story reminds us of several things. First of all, it reminds us that we all need to encounter the Lord daily through our devotion times with the Lord. What I mean is every day we need to have a time when we get out our Bible and we read the Bible. And every day we need to have a time when we pray to the Lord and, and, and even listen to the Lord after our prayer time so he can speak to us. Uh, some people take a journal and journal down the thoughts that they, uh, the verses that they're reading or the thoughts that they're hearing from the Lord or the principles they're learning. And we all need that kind of time for the Lord. That's a daily devotional time with the Lord. And the Bible says about the early Christians, all the believers All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer, and and they did so on a daily basis. It's important for us, like those first century Christians, that impacted the world for Christ. It's important for us to have that daily time with the Lord, to to make it a priority in our lives. And by the way, I tell people, it's better to do it early in the morning uh, when you first get up rather than late at night so nothing else kind of crowds out, nothing gets in the way. That's a priority for you in your life. I like doing my daily devotion time early in the morning because I figure the devil's been out working all night long, and if I ever catch him at his weakest and most vulnerable places, early in the morning. Well, in daily devotional time for the Lord, Christians can spend time reading the Bible, 
other Christian books, praying, worshiping the Lord, listening to him. In fact, uh, we, we put out something here at Celebration Church called the Journey Through the Bible Devotions, devotions that I've written and devotions that you can listen to as well and view. And they, you can find them at celebrationchurch.org slash devotions. And many people have said, uh, man, God has been speaking to me through those devotions. I'm telling you, you need that experience in your life. The early Christians... So William Barclay said, met with God before they met with people. And that, if that will become our practice, we'll find ourselves doing a lot better in our lives. We all need to encounter the Lord daily through devotion time, but we also need, also need to encounter the Lord weekly through worship with others. And by the way, that's W-E-E-K-L-Y, not W-E-A-K-L-Y. The Bible says in John 20, 19, on the first day of the week, the disciples were meeting, and suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Now, those disciples were meeting in the upper room that day on that first Easter Sunday because they were fearful, but that, that those words remind us that when believers worship the Lord together, the Lord shows up, and he begins to impact our lives. Jesus himself said, where two or more are gathered together in my name, I'll be there in the midst of them, and when the, Lord is, when the Lord shows up in our life, that's when he begins to show out in our lives. And then we all need to encounter the Lord periodically through retreat settings. Jesus one time said to his disciples, let's go all by ourselves to a quiet place and rest for a while. And we all need to do that from time to time. We all need to have times when we get, get away and we rest and we recuperate physically and we recuperate mentally. But we also need to take those times to recuperate spiritually as well, to focus some time on reading God's word and praying to the Lord and hearing from the Lord and worshiping the Lord. Vance Havner, a great Christian author, once said, if we don't come apart with the Lord every once in a while, we're going to come apart in our lives. So in our story, Moses was along with the Lord, encountering the presence of the Lord, and then he was hearing from the Lord. And the verses that we read in Exodus chapter 3, in the first part of that chapter, remind us that when we prioritize meeting with the Lord, he will speak to us, and he will give us discernment, he will give us direction that will enable us to really pursue the great dreams and plans God has for our lives. Remember, Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Listen, we all need supernatural direction from the Lord, but we're not going to get that direction if our lives are so hurried and frenzied and busy and all those kinds of things. We've got to set aside time to meet with the Lord on a daily basis, to meet with the Lord with other believers, at least on a weekly basis, and also to take some time to get along with the Lord to really refresh our souls in the Lord. So ask yourself this question, what steps do I need to take to more regularly meet with and receive direction from the Lord? But here's the second thing. To answer God's call, we need to stop making excuses in our lives. Now, a lot of people are what I call excuse makers. And Moses was certainly that. Uh, we learned last week in the story of Moses, the burning bush, that when the Lord reveals to us, uh, when he reveals his will to us, we can question him. We can disobey him. We can obey him or or we can make excuses as to why we can't do what the Lord wants us to do right then. And by the way, that's partial disobedience in our lives. Let me ask you, do you ever question the Lord? Sure you do. I do. And so many others do as well. Do you ever disobey the Lord? Sure you do. Sometimes we disobey the Lord overtly. We just up and disobey the Lord. Sometimes we disobey the Lord covertly. We may act like we're obeying the Lord on the outside, but on the inside, Man, we're not obeying the Lord. This is a big question. Do you ever make excuses to the Lord? Sure you do. And beginning in verse 11 of Exodus 3, we find the first of five excuses that Moses had for God after he encountered the Lord, after he heard from the Lord, and after he received his assignment from the Lord. And guess what? You and I, we give the Lord those same kind of excuses in our day and time. So to respond to God's call, 
we got to learn how to overcome these excuses. Let me give them to you right quick to these five excuses. First of all, responding to God's call involves overcoming the inadequacy excuse. Overcoming the excuse that, Lord, I'm not adequate. I'm not able to do what you call me to do. Go back to that first excuse that Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God said, don't worry about that, Moses. I will be with you. Now, here we find Moses expressing his humility, but even more that expressing his sense of inadequacy to the Lord. Let me ask you, do you ever feel like Moses? Do you ever feel inferior, insignificant, or inadequate, inadequate to serve the Lord, or or inadequate to be a representative for the Lord? Most of us do it sometimes in our lives. And by the way, sometimes the closest people in our lives are the ones who make us feel inadequate or insignificant in regards to the Lord. I've seen parents so many times just say things to their children like, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be anything. You'll never be any good. I thought, gosh, don't do that. You're killing their self-esteem. Sometimes even spouses can do that. One time a pastor thought he'd done a good job of preaching on a Sunday, and he's having lunch with his wife, and he said, you know, there are not many great preachers in our city anymore. And she looked at him and said, yes, and there's one less than you think there is. You know, people can put us in our place sometimes, make us feel inadequate. But oftentimes, it's not even other people. It's just ourselves. We're like Moses. We feel inferior or inadequate, inadequate to serve the Lord or to be a representative for him. And by the way, a lot of people let their sense of inadequacy, their lack of self-worth, keep them from surrendering their lives to the Lord, keep them from serving the Lord, or keep them from committing to serve the Lord. That's where Moses was. Remember Moses, remember Moses had been rescued by God as an infant. He had been raised in royalty. He had received the best of educations. He had lived a life of wealth and luxury, but, but then he made some bad choices. And sometimes our bad choices and the repercussions of those bad choices shake us to our core and leave us feeling uncertain and unmotivated and insecure and inferior and inadequate. Now listen, we are all, every single one of us, inadequate in our own strength and ability to answer God's call and to serve the Lord in the way in which he's called us. Uh, We are all inadequate in our own strength and ability to do that. Uh, But God primarily uses individuals who realize their inadequacy and instead determine to uh, live life in his power, whether their own strength and ability. I love these verses in 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26 and 27. The apostle Paul wrote, Few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. That means there's hope for you and hope for me. We can all be greatly used by God. In fact, the Lord said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my gracious favor is all you need because my power works best in your weakness. So responding to God's call requires overcoming the inadequacy excuse. It also requires overcoming the authority excuse. Let's go back to the story of Moses and his excuses. In Exodus chapter 3, beginning with verse 13, Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And God also said, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, has sent me to you. Now, God was saying in that first response, I am who I am, that he is the God who is and the God who was and the God who forever will be. He's a God who will never change. He's a God who's all powerful. He's a God who's all sufficient to meet our needs and to do whatever is necessary to enable us to fulfill his purpose and calling for our lives. Sort of like God giving, uh, giving us a blank check. 
And God was saying to Moses, I know, Moses, you're facing big challenges, and you got to face the Pharaoh and all that kind of stuff, but I am going to give you everything you need to, to man up to that challenge and to accomplish what I've called you to do. And God says the same thing to us, that whatever your need is, I will provide. Do you need guidance in your life? The Lord says, I am the way. Do you need knowledge in your life? He says, I am the truth. Do you need purpose and fulfillment in your life? The Lord says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you have a hungry soul? He says, I am the bread of life. Do you have a thirsty soul? He says, I am the water of life. Are you confused and wandering around in darkness? The Lord says, I am the light of the world. Whatever your need is, I'm able to take care of every need and challenge that you experience in life. The Lord was saying to Moses, don't worry about going in your own authority and power. You've got my authority and my power for your life. I may remind you that Jesus Christ, God's son, has said the same thing to his followers in our day. Jesus has all authority, and he's delegated that authority to those who are living for him and those who are willing to serve him. Jesus said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Jesus said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, and I'm giving you that authority so you can make disciples and change the world. And remember this, I'll always be with you. And remember, the Lord told Moses that people would respect him and respond to him as he went to him and his authority and power. And let me tell you, people will respect us and respond to us as well when we go to them in the authority and power of the Lord rather than our own strength, intellect, and charisma. Here's the third excuse. Responding to God's call involves overcoming the credibility excuse. Let me take you to Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me? Well, what if they won't listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you. Now, if you'll go back to Exodus chapter 3, verse 18, the Lord had already told Moses, they're going to listen to you, and they're going to respond to you, which reminds us how often we are prone to doubt what the Lord has said to us, even after, just after he said that to us. So the Lord knows he's dealing with a hard-headed individual. Do you ever have to deal with hard-headed individuals? Don't answer that right now. Just think about that question. So the Lord said to Moses, what's that in your hand? And Moses said, I have a shepherd's staff. Now, a staff was simply an ordinary tool that shepherds used to prop them up as they were walking, to uh, grab the sheep, to get them back in line, sometimes to discipline the sheep. Uh, In other ways as well, it's an ordinary shepherd's staff. Now, the Lord is saying to you today, what is that in your hand? What is that small gift or small talent or ability that I've given you that you never even think about? Give it to me. And let's see what I can do with it. You see, God uses whatever we make available to him, whatever talent, whatever ability, whatever knowledge you make available to him. A young boy named David, all he had was a slingshot. But God used that slingshot to slay the giant Goliath and to win the battle over the Philistines. A young boy in the New Testament had a lunch. It consisted of a few loaves of bread and a few fish. But but Jesus took those loaves of bread and those few fish and he used them to feed over 5,000 people. You see, when we take what we have, our time, our talents, our abilities, our resources, and put it into the hands of the Lord, the the Lord will use what we have and what we give to him to accomplish great and mighty things. Look at what the Lord told Moses to do with that staff. He said, throw it down on the ground. So Moses threw down the staff, and it turned into a snake. And it says here, Moses jumped back. In the old King James Version, it says, Moses ran away. Now, I don't know about you, but if uh, my staff turned into a snake, I would have jumped back as well. Because I don't like snakes. People talk about phobias. I tell people I have snakeophobia. I don't like snakes at all in my life. 
Uh, you, remember the, you might remember the movie Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And in that movie, Indiana Jones are being lowered down into a, a big uh, pit full of vipers and snakes. Listen, I'd have died on the way down before I even got to the snakes right there. That's how I feel about snakes. But then the story gets even worse. The Lord told Moses, reach out and grab its tail. The crocodile hunter, Steve Irwin, used to grab snakes by the tail, but I've never wanted to be in that profession whatsoever. And so Moses wasn't looking forward to doing that, but he obeyed the Lord. And so Moses reached out and grabbed the snake, and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. What's God saying to Moses? What's God proving to Moses? He's proving that he has the ability to change any circumstance, any situation, any animal, or any person. And he's showing Moses that if he will rely on the Lord's power rather than his own ability, rather than his own intellect, rather than his own resources, God will take care of everything. In fact, it says in verse 5, perform this sign, the Lord told him, then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, really has appeared to you. And what we learn from this part of the story is that God's presence and power will be demonstrated through our lives as we surrender our talents to him. And in doing so, will then give us credibility with others. The Bible says that God is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more that we might ask or think. Listen, if we, you and I would just quit trying to live life and, and be, serve God in our own strength, ability, and intellect, if we would just rely on the power of God, I'm telling you, God would do greater things in and through and for our lives than we've ever experienced or ever envisioned. So we've got to learn to put aside that credibility excuse. And then responding to God's call involves overcoming the ability excuse. The Bible says in Exodus 4, verse 10 and following, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. And the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what you say. Let me ask you, have you ever lied to the Lord? Have you ever told the Lord something that wasn't true? <laughs> Now, Moses said, I can't talk. I have a stammering problem. I have a stuttering problem. But if you read in the New Testament, Acts chapter 7, verse 22, it tells us that long before his encounter with the Lord, that Moses was a powerful and eloquent speaker. He, he was lying to the Lord. He was making excuses to the Lord. Do you ever do that? Do you ever tell the Lord that you don't have gifts or abilities or talents that can be used by him? That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says we've all been gifted by the Lord in ways that can help others and bring glory to God. And the Bible says that God will minister through us when we surrender our abilities to him. That's why it says in 1 Timothy 4, be sure to use the abilities God has given you. Put those abilities to work. And as we do, God will do powerful things in the lives of people. And then responding to God's call involves overcoming the proxy excuse. It says, but Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. Does that sound like you at times? Lord, I know I've been called to serve you. I know I've been called to live for you. I know I've been called to share the good news of Jesus with others. I know I've been called to disciple others. I know I've been called to take a leadership position in the church. I know I've been called to do this or do that. But, but Lord, would you just send somebody else? Don't make me follow that call. Have you ever been like that? Well, we're told in the next verse that the Lord got angry at Moses. And I think sometimes the Lord gets frustrated with us when we're not willing to step up and step forward and serving him with our time and abilities. But then we read the Lord saying this in verse 13 and following. All right, the Lord said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. He's on his way to meet you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I'll be with both of you as you speak, and I'll instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. So God said to Moses, okay, I'll, I'll let Aaron be your spokesperson. 
And that's the way it was when it started. But somewhere around Exodus chapter 8, Moses jumps in and says something. And it's Moses talking after that. See, once Moses starts doing what the Lord tells them to do and starts saying what the Lord tells him to say, I'm telling you, Aaron can't even get a word in. That's how, uh, how focused Moses was. And that's what happens in our lives. When we say yes to the Lord and become committed to the Lord, even though we don't think we're able or, or adequate, uh, when we begin serving the Lord, the, we will begin to understand and experience the miraculous power of God flowing through our lives. And we need to understand that although God will send others to help us, no one else can carry out the call, the assignment that God has for our lives. So ask yourself, what excuses? Do I need to overcome in order to begin experiencing God's plans and powers? Do you need, do you need to overcome the inadequacy excuse? Do you need to overcome the authority excuse? Do you need to overcome the credibility excuse? Do you need to overcome the, do you need to overcome the proxy excuse? And here's what I'm telling you. We all need to move from being excuse makers to decision makers to disciple makers and difference makers in the world around us. To answer God's call, we've got to start meeting with God. To answer God's call, we've got to stop making excuses. And here's the third thing. To answer God's call, we've got to start moving forward. Moses finally understood what the Lord was saying to him. And so he quit making excuses to the Lord. In fact, the Bible says in Exodus 4, 18 and 20, Moses went back home to his father-in-law Jethro. He told him that he was going to Egypt. He gathered together his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and had headed back to the land of Egypt. And in his hand, he carried the staff of God that represented the power and presence of the Lord. Let me ask you, are you moving forward with the Lord? You say, I don't know. What does it mean to move forward with the Lord? What steps can I take to move forward with the Lord? Well, the first step you can take is to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, to be, to be the Savior and Lord of your life. The second step you can take is to be baptized by immersion. That's an important step in the Christian faith. Third step you can take is to connect with a small group. We call them life groups here at Celebration Church. A fourth step you can take is to attend the first steps and become a member of Celebration. A fifth step would be to diligently serve the Lord in the church or the community. Another step would be to experience a fresh empowering of God's Spirit or, or to find a mentor or mentee in the church or to get some leadership or ministry training or host a life group. There are all kinds of steps. But figure out one or two steps you need to take to get stronger in your faith, to get closer to the Lord, to position yourself to fulfill the great dreams and plans and purposes God has for you. I'm telling you, we all need to move from being an excuse maker to a decision maker to a disciple maker to to a difference maker in the world. And some of you are wondering, why should I do what we've talked about doing today? Why should I start meeting with the Lord? Why should I stop making excuses? Why should I start moving forward? We need to do all those things because obeying the Lord and living for the Lord and serving the Lord is far better for us and for the people around us than disobeying the Lord. And it's far better for us when we start moving forward rather than standing, being, standing still or moving backward in our lives. And another reason is because the Lord utilizes ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary works when we're willing to encounter Him, eliminate our excuses, and move forward with Him. On that day, on the backside of the desert, Moses' life was forever transformed. But not only Moses' life, his family's life was transformed. Uh, the fates of two nations were transformed. Uh, the destiny, the history of the world was transformed. Because Moses said yes to the Lord. He overcame his excuses and started moving forward with the Lord. The thing that amazes me, I said this last week, is that Moses was a failure when God showed up in his life and gave him this assignment. And a lot of us have been failures in our lives. 
uh, we've, some of us have failed in our commitments to the Lord. Some of people have failed in their commitments to their spouse or to their family members. Or uh, some have failed as a parent or in business or, or in some other kind of way. But I want to remind you today from this part of Moses' story that God is in the business of redeeming and restoring failures. He's in the business of taking people who failed in some kind of way in their life, who are only living ordinary lives, and transforming them into mighty men and women of God who can accomplish extraordinary things for the glory of God and for the good of others. And what God did in Moses' life and what God has done in my life, what God has done in so many other people's lives here at Celebration Church, He wants to do in your life as well. I realize there are people watching from all kind of countries as they watch this Celebration Online broadcast. And by the way, we'd love to know what countries you're watching from. So if you let us know in the comments section, that would will, that will certainly help us and encourage us. Here in the United States at this time of the year, springtime and it's baseball season. It's football season in the fall and basketball season in the winter, baseball season in the springtime. One of the most famous professional baseball managers of all time was a man by the name of Casey Stingle. He managed the New York Yankees through their championship years and then the New York Mets later on. On one time, there was a rookie right fielder who was trying to figure out how to play right field, but he was having a bad day. Have you ever had a bad day? He was having a bad day. He missed every fly ball, every ground ball. I mean, he just wasn't having a good day playing baseball. Casey Stingle put on a glove and said to the young rookie right fielder, let me show you how to play right field. But Casey Stingle had a bad day. We all have bad days from time to time. He missed every ground ball, every fly ball. As he ran back into the infield, he said to the rookie right fielder, young man, you messed up right field so bad, Nobody can play it anymore. I want you to know neither you nor anyone else has messed up your life so bad that God can't forgive you and God can't redeem you and God can't utilize you in great and mighty ways to, make, to be a difference maker in the world. But you've got to do this. You've got to move from being an excuse maker to a decision maker to a disciple maker. And then God will make you a difference maker in the world. Now, I want you to bow your head with me right now. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to remind you that God has great purposes and plans for your life that go beyond your own self-centered desires. He's got great purposes and plans to utilize you to make a difference for good and for God in the world around you. But to do that, you've got to start meeting with Him. You've got to stop making excuses. You've got to start meeting, moving forward. Our heads are bowed. And let me remind you again that the way we start moving forward is by making Jesus Christ the Savior and Lord of our lives. Have you ever done that? Have you ever fully committed your life to Jesus Christ? If not, just pray with me quickly. You say, what do I pray? pray just pray these words. I really mean them. Pray, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And I'm asking you today to come into my life to forgive me of my sins and begin the process of transforming my life. Help me, Lord Jesus, to get unstuck in my life so I can really move forward to be all that you call me to be, to live like you've called me to live, to, to do all that you've called me to do to make a difference for good and for God and the world around me. Today, I want you to become the Savior and Lord of my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, I want to encourage you, if you would, to take out, the, to go download webcc.info, which is our online worship guide. There you'll find the My Decision tab. And if you pray with me to receive Jesus as your Savior, check off I pray with the pastor. If you want to recommit your life to the Lord, you can do that as well. And there are other decisions, again, that you can make. Think about ways that you need to start moving forward with the Lord. And tell the Lord today, I'm going to start moving. I'm going to quit making excuses. 
I'm going to start moving forward so I can be all you've called me to be, live like you've called me to live, and do all the great things you've called me to do. Lord, help our people, help us all to move forward with you in the days ahead. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Again, thanks for listening to the Celebration Church Podcast.